Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 61 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am your co host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here with my brimming with rage co host, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Oh, Hulk hates shitty pop songs. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hulk Hulkenship um, and I have now tried to record this episode. I'm going to say this is uh, go round number four. I feel like that's lowball. Spiritually, it feels like we're at 91. It, it does. Because this is not a song that anyone enjoys, we hope. Uh, Mark, please tell us why we are going through these machinations. <laughs> so, dear listeners, dear Sarah, uh, I guess I just felt like we'd been treating ourselves for too long to songs that we liked. <laughs> I Basically, for a long time now, I've had both a spiritual, but I also feel moral problem with the band Train. And initially, I felt like we should do an episode called The Atrocities of Train and talk about multiple songs of theirs. But then I realized, no, we're in charge of this podcast and we don't have to be mean to ourselves to that degree. But I still feel like we must, yeah, yes, I mean, must reckon with what Train has done to the culture. So I have chosen what I feel is their most egregious sin, which is the song, Hey, Soul Sister. And listeners, when we say that we've tried to record this many times, let me assure you that the technical issues did not arise until after we had l- listened to the clip I selected. So this particular bit of horror has been thrust upon our ears on multiple occasions across multiple weekends. But Sarah, <laughs> if we may take a deep breath together, can you roll the clip one last time? I can roll it. Let's hope it works one last time. I'm so obsessed. My heart is bound to Okay, so it was with a startling clarity listening to this, Sarah, that I understood what's going to happen to me if I go to hell. Like, if hell is real and I go there, here's what's okay. going to happen. I'm going to be trapped in one of those overlit, overfluorescent, understocked bodegas. You know, that's like really kind of the sad ones where the, the coolers are kind of dirty and they've only got three cherry Cokes in there. and Yeah, and the Pop-Tarts are from like the 90s and you're like... Be, if you're going to be a front for something, be better at it. This is gross and obvious. Yes, I'm familiar. Exactly. So I feel like I'm trapped in one of those bodegas, and this section of this song is all I ever get to listen to, and I'm carrying around a little shopping cart, I mean a shopping basket that has like a hole in the bottom, so even when I find the Nutter Butters that I can live with, they just fall through the hole. That clip <laughs> made me understand that that's what's about to happen to me unless I get my life right. <laughs> okay, well, let me say, 
first that uh, apparently I was confusing train with corn. With a K. <laughs> um, my my relief at the fact that this was not a, a style of song that I thought it was going to be was quickly replaced with like. <sighs> Okay, here is my grand unifying theory of, um, like, by-the-numbers pop songs as it relates to salad ingredients. Are you ready? Yeah, oh my god. I feel like I'm about to get a master's degree. Pen is happily poised over the paper. Please continue. Okay, well, this is this is all um, premised on the idea that this is going to make any sense, which is a, a big uh, ask <laughs> right now. But, so... I uh, love tomatoes. I have a tomato tattooed on my bicep. It is like the state bird of my state where I am from, New Jersey, for one month a year. Best tomatoes in the world. Uh, come at me, California. And so, but a lot of people really hate tomatoes. Uh, and I don't really, I've never really understood that because like, I, I hate bad tomatoes, like the grayish pink February tomatoes at Key Food. No one likes that. But like, a good tomato? How do you dislike that? It's like 98% water and the taste is like of the earth, but that's what people hate about it, I guess, or they think it's slimy or people have their reasons and everyone has different tastes and what a boring world it would be, etc. But so it's like, that's so inoffensive. Why would you not like a tomato? But I feel the same way about radishes that other people feel about tomatoes and mm. uh my esteemed colleague and wife tara arietto and i have had this like conversation many times and she's like but it's like the tomato principle how do you not like radishes like they don't have that much taste and they're peppery and you like pepper and i'm like death to radishes burn them all down more for you but this song is like it's this aggressively average cynically peppy thing that sounds like a million other things mm -hmm. but it's it's a radish mm -hmm. it's not whereas like Everclear's am radio yeah like, listen to the I, music on my am radio am radio, AM radio, AM radio like i think that's basically like coming from the same place from the same type of band i don't know that much about everclear but like i am radio to me is a tomato and this is a radish. Furthermore, it's a radish that is going to end up sung breathily by some out-of-work ovary over an allergy medication commercial. If it hasn't already, I feel like it must have. I can already picture this like average non-mom jeans mom and her golden retriever galloping through a field of daisies <laughs> while some lady named Eleanor is uh, singing this song like slowed down and the sun comes out and nobody's sneezing or as post nasal drip. Yay. Yes. And uh, like, uh, but they're going to have to talk. They're going to have to do the fine print from the FDA over the untrimmed chest line yep. because that both makes no sense and is disgusting. How did, how did that happen? Well, I feel like, that is the perfect segue because I think that your tomato radish metaphor is perfectly apt and actually helps clarify my thoughts so that I move from a place of pure inchoate rage into what is hopefully a more articulated rage that we can all enjoy and experience <laughs> together. 
because here's the th one of the things that I find so truly pernicious about train songs is that they're all pretty catchy. They are. Can I just stop? Can I just stop yes. and note that we've had inchoate and pernicious. In it was like in twenty seconds. Well done. And, Please and continue. And the phrase "out of work ovary," which I am going <laughs> to be. Speaking of not knowing what shit means, <laughs> I should write lyrics for Train. I'm seriously. The best. And but here's, so, but again, they're pernicious because their melodies <laughs> are catchy and inoffensive. And there are many songs in the world. "Party in the USA" is another great example. That's a song that's like, I can't be mad at that song. That song is really catchy. But here's the difference: that Train gets you to pay attention because you're like oh okay this is kind of catchy but then you start to listen to the lyrics and this is just maybe i think for both of us sarah the place where it becomes a radish because terrible lyrics are so inexcusable to me that they become a deal breaker and train i think is distinct in having the worst lyrics in contemporary popular music because they always use English in a way that no speaker of English ever uses the words. They, they don't, no one says, uh, I'm so obsessed, my heart is bound to beat right out my untrimmed chest. No one says the words untrimmed chest. And like, is bound to? Yeah. It, the, the syntax and usage are so wrong. And, and then... Oh no, please go ahead, because I think you're about to call out what I'm about to say? Oh, no, maybe not. Well, let me say what I was going to say, and then if you have something to add, then I say, here's a log, the fire's burning, throw it on. But I, Train manages to create these false lines of English in almost every single one of their songs. Another great example is in the song Drops of Jupiter, which its title alone tells you yeah. that it's doing Shut that. Up. But there's the line in that song... She checks our. She checks out Mozart while she does Thai bow. Reminds me that there's room to grow. Hey, 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 hey. So tell me. Uh, but so here's the thing. Also, Thai bow. Well, a couple of things. Shut up. We don't check out Mozart because you, when you listen to music, but you don't check out things that are only aural. You check out things that you see. You also do not do Thai bow to classical music. Because Taibo specifically is a exercise system that requires on you listening to what you're being told to do. And all of that is just false. And then I want to just add one more thing from this song that I find horrible. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, I've got, I pulled up the lyrics. Uh, oh, yeah. Just in time, I'm so glad you have a one-track mind like me. You gave my life direction... A game show love connection we can't deny. See, that's one of the things that also that almost sounds like it makes sense because you're talking like the love connection is a game show, but no one would ever say that. And then, oh no no, I'm sorry, Sarah. This is the one I really needed to talk about. It's in the bridge. The way you can cut a rug, watching you is the only drug I need. So gangster. I'm so thug. You're the only one I'm dreaming of. That doesn't what? make so gang watching you's the only drug. So gangster, I'm so thug. That doesn't It's like he just says the first words that comes to his that come to his mind and then he's like, "Good enough." And then they ship it. 
Sorry, yeah. I know I went on a long tirade there, but well, and then it—he sort of like this is. I mean, this is where the tomato radish thing really like comes in because I think if you pull apart, like AM radio's lyrics are pretty um, clear and straight ahead, and it's like a narrative song about like whatever listening to the radio in the seventies. It's not. It's not that deep, um, but they're they're myriad nonsensical retro engineered. I went through the rhyming dictionary when I was, uh, after smoking pot laced with whatever. And now in the cold light of day, I still think these lyrics are good. Like that's half of pop music. Right. That's fine. But there's something about this iteration of them that feels very self-satisfied and like, look, ma, I made a rhyme. Like, I'm so thug. No, it's, it's also and yeah. It's cut like... a rug. Are you my dad? Are you a... no? You're not my dad. My dad would never write anything this shitty. It's also it, that's exactly right. It's something about. It's not just that the lyrics are nonsense, although it is that, and it is that they no one speaks this way. But it's also this like smug sense of how cool you are, but you're actually so uncool. You don't understand how what it is. You're 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 a sad, gross pathetic guy trying to say the word thug because you heard the kid that you were afraid of when he walked past you on the street say the word thug like you locked your car door when he walked past you but then you were like he said thug i guess the kids will like it if i say thug and i don't know the guy patrick monahan who is the lead singer and primary lyricist of train for all i know he's the coolest guy ever and i do respect that once on the behind the music that i forced myself to watch about this terrible band that he said he's basically (laughs) just doing this to make money and he has no artistic pretensions about himself okay great i accept that that's pretty cool good seriously but it's like when you it's one thing if you're listening to like some nine minute stone roses thing where um auto-tuned ian is like wailing on about like a, a seashell that killed his mom and it's like this makes no sense but the the um, aural attack, as it were, of the Stone Roses is much different, and the lyrics are almost inaudible most of the time anyway. Well, in or, a... perfect example, we just talked about Tori Amos, and her lyrics very rarely make sense, but there is an emotional honesty and necessity underneath what she's saying that you feel like, to Tori Amos, these are the appropriate words for the things she's trying to express. Yeah, but and for, even for if train, it's... No. Even if it's, like, a little bit like sweaty or sophomoric or kind of like women's studies first year, like you'd see what she's trying to do. And it's very evocative, even if it's a lot of, you know, theater kid feelings, that's what they are. And she's very, she's very precise to the point of being extremely on the nose. A lot of the time, this is just like face sounds that he looked like they matched, but there's like this, I don't know, like the line that I was going to call out was the one about like, like a virgin, you're Madonna. And then it's like, why, how do we get here? (laughs) Because that doesn't, it's like this Moebius strip of garbage syllable bullshit that it was like, either this is extremely deep to a tautological degree that I am not smart enough to understand, <laughs> or this this lyric is misshapen and should have been aborted. I'm pretty sure it's 
the second one. Yes. Well, and then to carry on, hey, soul sister, ain't that Mr. Mister on the radio? Yeah, like, get Mr. Mister out your mouth right now. It's, it's also just like, yeah, don't Take desecrate broken, broken wing. wings. Take these broken wings and shove them up your ass. You know what? Well, wow, I'm Elaison. getting really angry. I think I'm angrier than you. Kyrie oh, <laughs> lays on down the road. You must travel out of my fucking face. <laughs> but I feel like I, I feel wish like we were talking about Mister Mister right now. Can oh, we girl, just, I know. Can we just leave this shit in the road? And talk. Maybe about maybe that our instead? outro should be uh, broken wings, and we can all just feel better about ourselves. <gasps> but I feel uh, like one of the things that we're touching on too is. If you're going to – okay, it's like you get to – there's a there are a series of, of ingredients on the list of what you can use when you're making a pop song. You don't get to use all of the cynical ones at the same time. If you're going to have ridiculous lyrics, you need emotional honesty. If you're going to have emotional honesty, then you're free to use ridiculous lyrics. If you're going to use emotional dishonesty and ridiculous lyrics, you need to have really on-point, cool – references if you're not going to have any of those things your production needs to be so ferocious that i'm required to listen to the sound of the song and admire it even if i do not like any of the other parts train fails on all of these metrics and therefore is in fact reprehensible yeah it's like it's like a circus peanut and it's like an off-brand circus peanut that's not brock's so as disgusting as an actual circus peanut is this is like a soikus pay newt that they can't use to <laughs> name but Here's the thing. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Soikis Paynut, I believe, is a villain in the next Bond film. <gasps> well, it's about goddamn time. Because <laughs> oh, the new Bond is all about, uh, you know, organics and not eating GMO food. Anyway, um, here we are back at Tomatoes and Radishes. Um, the idea that, like, if Patrick Monaghan hears this podcast and would be like, holy shit, they're right, this should be in a allergy commercial and is like cold calling like whoever big pharma to be like so guys I, you know you can use my wife in the video and our dog Wheaties because they would obviously have a dog named Wheaties yeah of course and like he for a mere fifty thousand dollars and then he could send his kids to college like I I almost respect that like if that is how he responds being like you know fuck yeah like you got it like did we, though? Because our whole problem is that we don't get it, and your whole problem is that there's nothing to get because you are literally bong in one hand, rhyme dictionary in the other, which so have I been, and then I turned 22. <laughs> yes, and you know what? Like, don't, that... be, don't be senior in college, Sarah. It's a good rule. It is a great rule. Well, and thinking back to that behind the music, I'm really glad that you don't perceive what you're doing as great art, but that doesn't excuse your sloppiness and your insanity. And let me finally say, Sarah, in case you thought that your your veins could not burst any faster, the, the most recent Train single, which came out this year, 2017, because I'm mentioning the year because I'm sure historians will use this recording for decades as a pinpointed moment when we finally got the radish metaphor right. Anyway, 2000. <laughs> 2017, this year, Train released a song in which the chorus is built on the melody of heart and soul. So the song is called Play That Song, and it's like, play that song. Da, 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 da. And it is so infuriating to me because it's just, just when I thought that your complete lack of 
artistic merit could not sink any lower, you choose one of the most obnoxiously grating standards in the American canon or songbook. Yes, and then you build a pop song. It's like, it's so cheap, lazy, cynical, awful, and Sarah Train can derail its ass. I'm good. <laughs> yes! Sarah, I think it's time for a bumper. What do you think? Uh, I think it's been time, Mark. So what do listeners need to know? What info do we have to get in here? They need to know that Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by me, Mark Blankenship, and you, Sarah D. Bunting, and also edited by you, Sarah D. Bunting. That is true. Uh, Today's theme song was by your fine-feathered husband, Andrew Byrne. And what else do they need to know? They need to know how to reach us. That's important. So you guys, if you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Let us know song requests, uh, if you'd like to buy an ad, if you want to have me do your birthday pop chart reading, any of that. We truly do love to hear from you. And you can reach us on email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com on Twitter at TalkSongs or on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. But Sarah, I think there's something else they need to know. Uh, There is, and that is that for a small monthly donation, you, listener, could become a patron and producer of Mastus, your own self, uh, donating at our Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash mastus really helps us out, keeps the lights on here at Editing HQ, and gives you access to members-only uh, audio content, polls. You might get to like pick our episode that we do, and for a l- very large one-time donation, you can get us to come to your house anywhere in the continental U.S., and we will record an episode in your lap. We really will. So to get all the info on that, they, you just need to go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash mastus that's patreon.com slash mastus and now i think the last thing that you guys need to know which maybe you already figured out but we're telling you anyway is that i'm mark and i'm sarah and this this is mark and sarah sarah talk talk about about songs songs. closer that's best ever i think yeah (laughs) about songs they talk 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 about talk about songs thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.